0: Wider, yeah, crimson But they both have, you know, a fixed point of view in photography. Okay. It's interesting. Tell me who were the great... who yeah. you, If you had to hire teachers, tell me who you'd hire. You have money, no object.
1: Right, it's, a, it's an open question. I mean, the, uh, that, that's the, the thing that I've been mulling over in my mind, is saying, oh, you know, Aaron leaves and in terms of a permanent thing. Who is there? You know, I mean, who... Who A would be good and B would actually do it. That's the kicker. Plenty of people can think it might be nice to have them, but they're not interested, or they. Well, who would really- you have?
0: I mean, do you think it would be smart to hire a Brett Weston to become a teacher? Everybody I've ever talked to said Brett is a disaster as a teacher.
1: He uh, might be good in a one-to-one apprentice situation. But-
0: right, or for a short time. You see, what I've discovered, and it's very clear in my mind, is you need two kinds of people for a good school. One is a very are models of photographer. That's what Harry is wonderful. You see, mm-hmm. or Gary is wonderful, or Leslie Krim is wonderful. Very productive and very productive, and they they have a way of life that involves photography, in you know real. It's it's the central core of their life. That's mm-hmm. as a model of one kind. Now, maybe you need you know an Irving Penn as a model, but you couldn't afford an Irving Penn as a model. Um, So you then have to bring in people. And that's the only value I see in the workshops, really. It's not that you learn anything. It's you see people as a model. Get
1: exposure to different people. Yes, and the
0: personality, And you get rid of some of your illusions, for instance, that you have to be smart to be a photographer, say, or that you have to be honest and be a good photographer. I mean, if if you yourself are perceptive, you begin to see the photographers are a very mixed bag, you know, the ones that are successful. And they have certain kind of neurosis that function very positively. Now that's very different from a good teacher.
1: It's yeah, in a fact, this whole question of the artist and the teacher is the classic question. And
0: that's right. It's hardly new, you know, to art.
1: And what you're really saying is they are very different, in a sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And the good teacher is so rare, I can't tell you. Because the good teacher is one... See, in terms of just teachers, Harry is a bust. I mean, Harry doesn't have anything to say, a very limited amount to say about pictures. In terms of teaching, Aaron's pretty damn good. You know, he has a much wider framework of uh, dealing with photo- the photographs of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite fascinating. Now I ask you again. You see, a minor white had a was probably a good, if limited, teacher. When I say limited, you see, he's always trapped by this neurotic shifting from Protestantism to Catholicism to Esalen Institute, whatever was fashionable psychologically. And I would blame it all on the fact that Minor had certain kinds of psychological hangups, which he never solved.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what is all of that's in search, you know, in search of myself, Minor White was trying to do in photography, but maybe, and this is my objection, I think Miner you know, got in the areas he never shut up, namely psychological areas with his students where he was trying to cure them or upgrade them that were disastrous. He
1: was out of his depth. Though. Damn right he
0: was. That was our great difference. And I like Miner. I'm not saying this in a mean way. I went to his house for dinner, and uh, you know, he was going to publish the, uh, a lot of these lucidograms. Mm-hmm. And Hoffman didn't like him. Mean, after I spent that Minor's suggestion about sixty dollars on photostats when I was at Harvard there, yeah. and mm. we laid it out at Arlington. I mean. um, anyway, I think Minor was more the I the pattern of a teacher, mm-hmm. somebody who was you know did a great deal of photography, but had a wide view of photography, who thought about photography beyond their own work. See. Yeah,
1: and there's a, there certainly is a is a at very least maybe an attraction in teaching to sort of be a therapist because you come It's a cr- great danger you see particularly in the arts because you're dealing with people on other than purely intellectual level That's right and I think a lot of people are attracted to it for that reason and yet they can't handle that or they shouldn't try
0: Well but they do you see because they don't know really what they're they're trying to solve their own psychological problems you see through students mm-hmm. get that all the time the mixture of of Teachers projecting their problems onto the students. And that's one of the things a good teacher learns not to do. Learns their limits, learns his or her limitations Mm -hmm. of where photography instruction begins and where it's something else, particularly if it's a psychological problem. Mm
1: -hmm. Through the 60s, um, like let's say, to pick a point, in 63 or so, SPE is founded. And there starts to be a tremendous boom. Right,
0: it begins to be formalized, you see, and and, Nathan is interested in formalizing it. And uh, somehow I didn't get involved in the first year, but the second year, as I recall, I went to Rochester and I gave a talk, and uh, uh, I think it was about education.
1: Yeah, I think I've seen a reference to a title implying that it's about educators, really, and who should, you know, it was about the teacher and about the curriculum, I think, in a broad way.
0: Yeah, as I remember, it was pretty good. Um, but it attacked again, see, I'm still unpopular when I tell teachers, like this Alan Teller who's in Jerry, his girlfriend, uh, that what they're doing really doesn't interest me. They get furious at me. That what they're do, trying to do is give identity to... You know, people, children in the inner city, mm-hmm. or people who are sick or something. That's not what i mean. I'm interested in the highest rungs of making photography work. Whatever the word art means, that's what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in history at the highest level. I'm not interested... I am not interested in somebody who can't read or write finding their identity, you know, or is not functioning. To me, teach them how to read or write, or use photography if you want, if that's going to do, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can make pictures, talk about it, and learn how to read and write, that's fine with me. It's not, that's not, I can't do everything, and that bores me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, those people bore me, because it's constantly the same thing. Every time they, you know, finish this, uh, you yeah.
1: Well, speaking to people, who boy, let me ask you this: yeah. Is what um, what are the students like, and do the students change in any way you could characterize? They them always change. Over the ten years. Every or the every 12
0: years. every group is different. Uh, we've had what has been marvelous is on on the whole we've had damn good students. Graduate. I'm talking about graduate students, yes, yeah. primarily. Uh, not many, and deliberately kept it small.
1: What is a typical number in a class? Like, I mean.
0: Well, enrolled in graduate program at a given time, the highest I think it ever reached was something like 32,
2: mm.
0: which is very different from, you know, most graduate programs. They try to kick them up, you know, make mm-hmm. jobs for the teachers that are there. I try to keep it low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, you know, very, uh, very personal. Uh, I see every student. You know, when they have a batch of work, that come over and we talk about them. We have the level of the graduate seminar, which is, to me, very important. That's the highest kind of criticism because it involves everybody. When you present your batch of pictures, you're getting about 40 man hours, you know, of looking in that crack. In the classrooms, it's a constant attempt to build towards a kind of personality that understands that the analysis of pictures is not an attack on their personality. Mm -hmm. See, and that doesn't occur in in very few places. Everybody starts defending their goddamn poop no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's where everybody begins, but gradually, you know, it's constant analysis by their peers and learning, you know, with different teachers uh, that it's not an act of hostility but it's an act of love that they're giving being giving you time and their best uh, mm-hmm. unless they're neurotic and i you know you run into that too mm-hmm.
1: yeah and in, in well in a sense in spite of what you're saying there's of course the you know the stories that, that go around that um you know, Arthur Siegel someone to be afraid of, in a sense, which is certainly... I mean, I, I well, I think that's it, lessened.
0: That, you know, I was much more testy. That his bark is as, as
1: bad as his biter or something like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, right. I don't tolerate incompetence, stupidity. And now I do much more than I did.
1: <laughs> have you ever told a student just, that they should just get out of photography? I mean, yes. You, and they did, I assume. Right? Yes. They
0: did for a while. Yes. I mean, more than once. <laughs> I mean, I think it's much better to have a very trying week than to ruin your whole life.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. A very trying week is, a, I'm sure, what it could be, too.
0: Well, but I haven't done mm-hmm. it out of hostility, you see. I mean, I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. My, you know, love life and relationship to Irene has been a very wonderful one, increasingly better as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Our children, I think, are nice children. Um,
1: yeah, I was going to say, in this period of time when you start teaching ID, you've been married, uh, your children are just starting to grow up, and um, they're kind of in the stage where they become more interesting as people in a sense. Yeah. And it seems like this is a, becomes perhaps a much more stable period of your life than comparison yeah, to... Yes, to Aaron
0: comes over for dinner all the time, you know, did. He had his problems, we went through, uh, you know, one wife into another, and all kinds of problems with his, you know, his, his, uh, new child, and, mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, I think I mature, I work at being mature. I try to grow up, and I listen, I'm, I mean, uh, I was analyzed in the early 50s, and I went back again, and when I encountered teaching problems, I, it was no sweat for me to call up a analyst and talk to him for an hour for 30 bucks about a student. I mean, I really tried... Now, that didn't particularly show up because it has mm-hmm. uh, sure. been good because I never told anybody about it. But, but coming against somebody that's tough and has high standards is not bad. It's good. Some... Some people can't take it, but very few people have quit because of me. They've, the few people that have quit have quit because they recognized their limitations and went into something else. I mean, currently we have a guy that was on the verge of getting his master's who was teaching in one of the colleges here. He's going to law school, and I think that's wonderful. He's all passionate about it. Okay, fair enough. Some people have wanted to make lots of money in photography. I've tried to teach them how to make money. Other people have wanted fame. I've tried to let them follow their nose, you know, and give them all the aid. When I was talking, you know, slightly kiddingly, but sort of deadly serious to me, how to become famous, I think there are certain kinds of, you know, directions one follows.
1: Siegel's laws for being famous, as it were? Well,
0: I've never, nobody's ever collected those, but... uh, (laughs) That would be very useful. uh, There are ways, there are patterns of becoming famous. Now, that assumes you have something to become famous with. It doesn't assume that you are the greatest, though.
2: Right, right.
0: It assumes that you and the world of art interact in a certain kind of way, and then in a given time, certain kinds of patterns of behavior will produce, the chances are pretty good they'll produce fame.
1: Mm-hmm. There is a right and a wrong way to
0: Well, it. Castelli knows that. I mean, he knows how to make somebody famous. How to pace them. And how right, to... or Alice Adams. I mean, they took Harry London and Alice Adams took, you know, Lerner, and with his great, you know, commitment to becoming famous, they're making him famous. That's a, you know, a real construct. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, speaking of, you know, becoming famous, in a sense, there's a relation to that. Um during the same period, the Art Institute begins to really deal with photography yeah, right. on an exhibition basis, as well as the school. And um, well, that starts much earlier. I mean, it starts yeah, right, we in have the this, early fifties. This list here, and I'm just wondering. Yeah. Um,
0: That's a great aid, and uh, but they what gets confused in New York, for instance, they think the Art Institute is teaching photography. The Art Institute had maybe one one. Uh, chorus or something, but they don't get involved in photography till I think it's the late 50s or something like that, really, mm-hmm. really involved.
1: I wondered if there was something that uh, you could say about uh, Peter Pollock and Hugh Edwards um, well, in relation to it, because Peter Pollock, obviously is the one who starts putting a lot of energy into showing photography. Right,
0: Pete was the public relations head of the Art Institute and a man of great energy and chutzpah and good writer, you know, easy writer. And uh, he decides that maybe they ought to have uh, a gallery of photography. So he gets a little room at the side of the... Uh, photography had not been separated out at that point. You he was part of the um, prints and drawings. So he, uh, you know, has this gallery of photography. And, you know, has pretty good eye for the main chance. And I think the first show was Harry's.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. 51. Here he 51, counts. yeah. Bernie Bernice Abbott, and Right, and
0: he goes down a lot of the uh, famous names. I and mean, it is a welcome addition because you have this nice white room just off the entranceway where the, uh, I guess, the book uh, and gift shop is today. A very high visible place, mm-hmm. you see. And uh, then he, he works at that and uh, it's good. He's not the most sensitive guy in the world. He's rather rough. You know, tough, and, uh, but maybe that's what it took at that point. Now, uh, Hugh Edwards began, when he came on the scene, began to pay more attention to the local, lesser kind of photographers, quieter, less well-known. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hugh, you know, was interested in French literature, and he, you know, wrote introductions to the shows that were very sensitive and uh, perceptive. Uh, But many of them were photographers that uh, uh, maybe had their first show. Mm -hmm. Ray Metzger
1: had, I think, a first show there. Sarkowski, early, 1960. Yeah. I'm just looking at this list here.
0: And you have to remember, you see, in both cases there wasn't very much money, either being paid. uh, Pollock was probably paid more because he was a uh, public relations man, but I'm sure that, uh, that Hugh Edwards who was an assistant in the art prints and drawings room. I doubt if he would have paid you know anything except absolutely uh, poverty level wage. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, museum people are notoriously I know,
0: underpaid. But in relation was, to their training I'm they were sure they well, him. I don't know if he had any training.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> in relation to the job he was functioning at, uh, I'm sure he was paid nothing. Mhm. And I doubt, maybe David Travis has paid a little more now. Uh, presumably. Sometimes. Presumably, but I doubt whether it's going to you know make him rich.
1: No, it's no good way to get rich. Not at all. Um, this is a kind of a, well, this is sort of a detailed question in a sense. but And
0: speaking of being, getting paid, you see, Aaron never fought for real salaries. I did. And my own salary now is up uh, very good. But uh, finally, is at a really decent level. Mm-hmm. But uh, people like uh, uh, Walter Rosenblum in Brooklyn have been, for years, I be, believe, paid twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 Aaron never, you know, really went to the mat, as it were, threatened to leave. Aaron was an internationally famous man when he was getting $11,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And there were scientists there, they were, you know had nothing to compare to the reputation of Aaron. We were getting maybe double that.
1: Yeah, the university system is... Yeah.
0: And that's not the university system. That was a particularity well, I mean, of Aaron Siskin well, and I mean, the university system meeting.
1: Yeah, well, what I mean is it rewards certain kinds of input that Aaron wasn't interested in putting into it. If you squeaky wheel gets the grease, so to speak, in a sense, almost... All the things being equal.
0: Well, Aaron didn't need very much, and that was not one of his main interests. Although he was always interested in, you know, making some money. Hmm.
1: Well, it would be nice if we had that list of students, and we could talk. You know, undoubtedly there's some that we can call up without very comprehensive. So was about one of the first students at this point when you come back?
0: Well, Cinsaba was one of the things in the forties. I mean, he was an undergraduate student. That's where I encountered him.
1: Oh, when you were there before? Yeah.
0: I mean, I remember he you know, made so many photographs of soap bubbles that uh, you know, drove us all crazy.
1: <laughs> soap bubbles?
0: Mm-hmm. Sinsibaba was a very obsessive character. He was married to a student there by the name of Millie and who <clears throat> used to sit in classes and <clears throat> look at you and fall asleep. She had narcolepsy or something. She became a designer, and I don't know, after somehow she was cured and they were divorced. And uh, You know, you have to talk to Sinzabao about his life, but uh, he then became a salesman for photo engraving, and then he began teaching part-time. I guess this was after I left, he was just teaching there. And uh, you know, then he got this job at uh, Urbana, which was a wonderful opportunity, and he's been there. and. You know, he's photographed and he's full of pep and he's had, I don't know, four heart attacks or something. And, yeah. Uh, he's quite a remarkable fellow since about
1: Well, there's a couple of names that I know off the top of my head that, you know, that are a very selected group and, uh, of people who've come through ID. We mentioned Len Gittleman. Yeah. Now, was, was he, did he graduate while you were? Uh,
0: I, you uh, I kept, uh, I was in, involved with Len. Uh, I remember Len made a movie on the pre- printing press. Uh, uh, I, it's, it, I must have taught a couple of courses there in the early 50s because that's when Len was there. Uh, I don't quite remember that sequence.
1: You were not totally uninvolved with the scene that's right. in the, the 50s there.
0: Yeah, well, like in that Aperture uh, thing later on, they, Harry and Aaron asked me to write the thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: This is the uh, one about uh, the photographer's Ph- choice.
0: Photography is. No, this is something else. An issue mm-hmm. on photography at ID. Do you know that? Um, I guess I don't. Oh. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll recognize it, but it doesn't ring a bell. Okay. That. that. Here's the two aperture things and this is this one 1961 oh, yeah. which was selected out with Ken Josephson, Joe Sterling Swedlin, Metzger and Joe Jachna.
1: yeah now four of those are names I would, was going to mention that I recognized and Miner
0: just writes this you know, paragraph
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you know says something about ID uh, but I write the introductory article which is a terrific article the references I would have to tell you because you wouldn't know um, but this photography is for instance that was taken and they got my permission to start a book car- photography careers and they used that to start the book
1: you've never read this? no I guess I missed this oh, in my
0: turn off and tape and this will give you
1: um, ok well I don't know you know, really, if there's... I mean, this is very... This essay is in the nature of a completely... A complete package. I mean, there's nothing maybe to say, because what we've been talking about for, you know, the yeah, last people week... People
0: don't know about that essay now. It's,
1: you know, it elucidates a lot of what here is in an extremely succinct and rather amusing, in a lot of cases, uh, form. Um,
0: this is the article in the... Aperture 1961 on the Institute of Design called photography is. Yeah, this is
1: volume yeah. nine, number two. Yeah. Maybe what, um, well, what I'd like to also do is talk about the these five people, for example. Right, that's what I was going to suggest as a cross section. See,
0: this shows how different people affect different different teachers affect people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Ken Josephson, who's at this point, you know, exploring light and making some multiple exposures. Mm -hmm. see that Mm -hmm. and uh, that's very Harry Callan-ish yeah you see the great influence of Harry here Uh, I'll show you see Harry made pictures that involve movement uh, you know trees and that kind of thing and this is very different
1: this is Joe Sterling I've never heard
0: of him Joe Sterling is a photojournalist around here and does advertising pictures and has never really made it nationally. He's been making a lot of money and working on it, very serious. And he's a damn good photographer, and he, he's influenced, I think, by people like Robert Frank, you see.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you have Charles Swedlin, who <clears throat> was very much influenced by Harry.
1: Yeah, these figures, the figures. Figures
0: silhouettes, are just adding onto like that. That's typical Callahan. Dealing with the shape and the silhouette, you know, and he's added a little bit, you know, of tonality to it.
1: No, he's kind of, he's managed to go a little bit beyond that.
0: That's right. He carries on the tradition. Yeah. They are original photographs. Here, this is absolutely Harry Callahan, Ray Metzger. These pictures of Ray Metzger, they're, you can mix these in with Callahan photographs of these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Josephson
1: even made pictures like this at one point, Yeah, too. Ken Jill,
0: everybody did. They went downtown and photographed in the loop. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not Aaron or Harry at all. This little piece of paper, you know, in the, on, on the, the ground, ground and in the out-of-focus figure there. That's very different. This is typical Callahan. And it's interesting, you know, that Emmett Gowan was one of the few people that really f- turned out by Harry. Who was different,
1: this,
0: what you say? Did, No, he's absolutely following the tradition of Harry photographing the family, but kicking it a little farther, making mm. more document.
1: Yeah, he made it his own. That's
0: right, but that's where he starts. Mm. You, uh, these, I don't know where these came from. <laughs> <You> know, <Jerry laughs> Actually, those
1: water pictures look like some things we were, were looking at mine, today. Yeah.
0: Well, see, but uh, Aaron and Harry were very influential on Jockney, and is a very good photographer, a little bit, you know, given to making very serious statements about photography, but he's a much better photographer, really, than he is, uh, you know... Maker of statements. Maker of statements. And then he's done all those things with... with Right, I had Joe come and teach after Aaron left. Joe, even while he was teaching at Circle, uh, came and taught a course. Because there's always been somebody else there besides me, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave Dave Phillips, a guy that's a photo historian... Interested in the whole West and bought huge collections and assembled books on the West. Loves to take a photograph and magnify little pieces out of it. Do you know it? Two books. No, I'm not familiar. Well, they're $25 books. Very interesting what he does. I had him come and teach the semester, but students murdered him.
1: Just murdered him. How do you mean?
0: Well, he we started talking about his aesthetics, which were primitive and... He's a very smart guy. He worked for Dow um, um, the chemical company in St. Louis. Not Dow. Uh, St. Louis. Mal-Krenrad or something like Mallin-croft. that. Malincroft? Malincroft, I think. Anyway, he got a good job there now. He just, you know, does books and fantastic guy. But there's no teacher. Now- but this no teacher.
1: Now, just in the last couple of years in Chicago, there's been a real burst of activity. Mm-hmm. There's something right. like eight people teaching at the Art Institute. Right. There's, there's, I don't know how many people at Columbia, it's a huge, sounds almost right. a factory in a sense. Right. And in, on the face of it, the idea is sort of taking the back seat. Um, what's your reading in that situation from where... Oh,
0: it's quite, uh, it's alright. Uh, <clears throat> there's no question in terms of number ideas, you know, very limited. and. <clears throat> and the was not the ID was not backed by the administration. It's been a very tough fight to just keep the thing going. As I express my you know well, ideas may be, totally disappear. But in terms, it's, it should interest you. You should get all the names of the teachers that are teaching at these places. There are an enormous number of people from ID teaching there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At Circle Campus... You have Joe Jockner who's a graduate student. Esther Parada is a graduate student.
1: You mean did their graduate work at ID. Right,
0: Uh, Esther Parada did it under me. Uh, Stiegler did it under me. Um, There's uh, Boyer, who teaches motion picture, ID. Um, I think that takes care of their... Then they have Jane Wenger, who I won't let back in the program. Uh, she was teaching there, and I guess they've just continued her. Uh, all right. Then at Columbia, who do you have teaching? And who started the program? Jim Newberry started the program. Jim Newberry was my assistant. He got his master's. I was... I mean, he did it on Maxwell Street, but understood his interest all along. He was really supposed to do it on the more recent things that he does, he shifted, you know, the more Mm -hmm. uh, French symbolist kind of images. Anyway, he got it going, you know, very hard to deal with by, I guess, but tremendous drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charles Traub is now head of it, I.D. graduate. Dave Avison graduated you know, while I'm head, mm-hmm. um, Brian Katz, is my student, mm-hmm. um, who else is there? Recently, who do they hire? Abramson, who just graduated, damn good photographer, did his thesis, you know, um, who yeah. else is there?
1: Um. I'm not the, well, was the Alan, Cohen, was it? Alan
0: Cohn, was Alan was, you know, uh, he, I actually hired him as a teacher and fired him because he wasn't performing up to the level he was capable of performing. Now I think he's performed a little bit and probably turned out to be a very good teacher you know, in history.
1: And how about at the
0: Art Institute? At the Art Institute you have Ken Josephson who went to the Institute of Design. You have... Uh, Barbara Crane. Barbara Crane, who went to the Institute of Design. Uh, there's the fellow with the Italian name, I can't think of. Barsati? Fra- Frank Barsati, Institute of Design. No, it
1: was he there while you were there or was
0: he a little bit earlier? No, he was a bit earlier. And uh,
1: Was Joyce Numanis go to
0: ID? No, no. I don't think Joyce Numanis studied it. She went to the Art Institute. And. Uh, but what they had at the Art Institute, Harold, Joan, Harold Allen just uh, uh, retired, I guess. Harold was sort of the central figure of the straight, you know, photography there. They also have Sonia Sheridan, who teaches in the photography program, you know, teaches at the Visual Studies Workshop. She's comes out of printmaking in Wisconsin, I guess, or someplace like that, Iowa. And uh, then you have... Urbana, which is Arthur Sinzabon. Uh, you have Governor State, which is... Uh, Matty Maldry, Institute of Design. You have Oakton, which is Bernard Cruel Institute of Design. The predominant influence here, and now it's the same program. They all... Uh, Steve Goldberg keeps coming to my classes. He's, just takes one hour credit. Keeps trying to write down, and they all always are using the same problems or some variation of the approach of the institute of design. So maybe the institute of design is a place due to the exigencies of, you know, changes in administration and other things, mm-hmm. commitments, priorities, uh, is diminishing. But the effect of ID is in every one of those places. You can't. Kidding me about that I mean I don't feel that I've I have disappeared I'm going on all over the place Mm there they are using problems that I invented lectures on history that I you know give gave I mean Charles Traub runs around you know sends a secret spy to record my lectures you know at the arts club right yeah so uh, it's not that ID is uh not influential, it's ID is having its troubles, you know, and it's the wrong wrong kind of thing at the wrong kind of time. Now there are a great deal of differences. In order to get in the IIT or ID, you have to have a grade point a average of not less than about two point eight. To get in the Columbia all you have to do is walk in the door. And they have Ezra. All you have to do is walk in the door with some money or no money, be beyond relief, you see. That place is enormously exploitive of people on welfare or the state scholarship funds. That's where the majority of their money comes from. And they always plead poverty. They've raised an enormous amount of money, you know through charity drives and whatnot, on the basis that they are providing an alternative kind of education, and they've done a very good job of it. You know, They've gone into dance. This is
1: Columbia you Columbia,
0: about. yeah. They have an enormous black population of students. They have, if you took, you know, if you made them, if they took the entrance exam to ID, they wouldn't get in. Maybe 10% of their population might get in. Now the Art Institute is a very art-oriented place. It's a totally different kind of thing. Again, you get in by portfolio. We don't ask for a portfolio. I mean, we try to see it, but that isn't. First of all... To admit people to
1: graduate?
0: Yeah. First, they have to have this smart Mm -hmm. level. And, you know, I can get in people who... But our total scholarship funds are $2,000 for the whole school.
1: For the whole ID. Whole of
0: ID. And that was true when there were 400 students there. So that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the total scholarship funds at uh, at Columbia probably are—I uh, don't know—you know—but it must be up in the hundred thousands some way, you know, to get the money from the state. A lot more anyway. Yeah. Right. Now, when it comes out to those few people that we graduate, say, travel hires an Abramson. Huh? Um, Freeman just competed with 123 people, 122 other people for a job at Alfred University. Mm -hmm. He got the job. Well, why? Because he was very impressive in his pictures, the breadth of his training, he knew history, his technical education was very satisfactory, he knew some other things too, a broad thing. There, down in Cincinnati, there's Cal Cole. In Indianapolis, there's a McNeil gal. uh, At Virginia Polytechnic, there's, uh, I can't remember his name, Uh, Dale Quaterman, you know, who was in the Museum of Modern Art three dimensional. He had a three dimensional piece. He got his graduate degree from me, as it were, ID. Um, There, Bill McGuire, who's now uh, who graduated while I was there who is uh, head of the uh, University of Miami and the students, I mean, got a big grant or something from the National Endowment. Um, Why hasn't I.D. gotten this well, kind of Well, Winningham is head of Rice. Because mm-hmm. nobody paid any attention to it.
1: You didn't seek them yourself?
0: No. I, I mean, I'm so busy trying to teach. I mean, I would sit here for... You know, every night for six days contemplating the lecture or you know, dealing with these people. I mean they keep coming over. That's
1: Yeah, they're I can't
0: do everything. And besides there weren't any grants until very recently. Never heard of a grant in photography until maybe five years ago for an institution. Outside with,
1: the Guggenheim thing for the individual. Yeah, that's right. The Guggenheim was the only thing in photography
0: really. So, you know, don't talk to me about grants. Recently, you see, there are people at Columbia that just spend their time writing grants, and they also have a full-time public relations person, and every poop that they do, you see, gets national publicity. Mm -hmm. And they're very smart. Uh, Traub is very aggressive, very ambitious, and, uh, you know, so is uh, their whole administration.
1: Yeah, it's a full-time thing. too. Right
0: full-time and it's interesting to see how it functions now at the time of you know early idea was very unique today the idea of teaching photography is very ununique I understand there are a hundred thousand people enrolled in a course in photography That's probably right. and I would say a hundred thousand that uh, I doubt whether 500 are getting a decent course in photography I'd be amazed from what I see portfolios from other places, and we exchange portfolios with well-known places. Mm -hmm. Teaching is miserable.
1: Now, for a while there, there was uh, actually this, uh, what was referred to as a student independent, this portfolio that was done.
0: Yeah, when Aaron was here, we issued a couple student independents. Was
1: Aaron the springs behind doing that? No,
0: the students were. They wanted to
1: do it. it, Because it hasn't been done since 71 or
0: something like that. Um... Right when Gary was there, he was not interested in putting out the time that it takes to involve, you know, students. I mean, that's a major job getting out a yeah. portf- portfolio.
1: Yeah, a lot of, a lot of printing, a lot of
0: coordinating.
1: Yeah, that has to go in there. A lot of giving up of ego. Yeah.
0: No, it's quite interesting where you see action in, you know, like Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You know, they, every month I get a poster from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I can't believe that they're doing anything but trying to be, you know, to do their best. But that's, they don't have the resources there, like the Art Institute Collection, for instance. Mm-hmm. They don't have the lively. Chicago is a very lively community of photography, has become so because of ID. And now other people are coming in See, like Nathan, we had Nathan come. In fact, we gave Nathan a show. Uh, today at ID, you asked me, you know, why? There, I cannot show a show of photographs there, even our own. They steal the pictures. I had a show of a couple of French photographers last year. They stole two pictures.
1: Off the walls. Off the walls. Is this from an exhibition space? that's in it's, the building?
0: Well, the only exhibition space we have is this interior room where the students lounge. Or over at the commons. and They would certainly steal them there. And then with our students, whenever we show nudes, they steal the nudes. <laughs> so, yeah. what do you do? What do you say? I fought like hell to get a closed glass, you know, cases. Couldn't get them. No money. I fought to get some safety device, security devices, put on the back of pictures. No deal. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell? I said, the hell with it. No no, no shows.
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't know what else to do. Really? Well, is there something else I should uh, be asking you about this? I'm wondering.
0: Well, you should, you know, see the portfolios, actually, or read at least one. Uh, it's... Tells him, He's just, Yeah, I have some here you can look at.
1: Now, you you have all those here.
0: Not all of them. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean they I have, have a couple. See the student is required to make a copy for the library, a copy for her ID, a copy for himself. And then out of the grace of their love some of them give me a copy and a couple prints that I pick out from their portfolio. But that's it's only because they're saying thank you. They don't have to.
1: The, um...
0: Unlike the science, you see, where in the master's degree investigation, the senior name is always put on the thesis. In the photography here, they immediately go to, like Roger Freeman has shows, and uh, you know they go to popular photography, they, or Tim White has a show in uh, Los Angeles County Museum. I doubt whether he mentioned my name. Mm-hmm. And I worked like a dog with that guy. See, in science, it would be a senior, you know,
1: Member. To pursue the thesis thing for a second, there. Yeah. so the library at IIT has a copy of every thesis?
0: Mm-hmm. Plus and, the- and that ID itself, in the exchange, are all the theses, uh, all the photographs and copy of the thesis. And the reason I didn't tell you about them for resources is that there's no way of anybody getting in that place. I mean, we would be stone blind because we've already experienced that. Unless somebody is there to supervise it, they steal those pictures.
1: So there's no way of providing public access? No right way. Now. None.
0: Zero. Hmm. I mean, there is for the thesis, but uh, there's no point in looking at the thesis without the pictures.
1: Well, is the, thesis- the thesis are in
0: Carrara Library. I, now,
1: I, I guess I'm getting confused in a sense because people do a written.
0: That's right. This piece. differs very much from RISD or as Harry did it, I don't know, or the Art Institute. There's a long thesis. I'll show you some.
1: Yeah, you showed me a couple the other day when we were walking around, I think, with a tape. We looked at it. The yeah.
0: The Woodbury type. Well, I showed you where they were and so on.
1: Yeah.
0: The- no, the Woodbury type, that's not the thesis. That's a historical paper. Everybody, in order to get your master's at the Institute of Design for the past. Seven years at least. Mm -hmm. You had to do an original piece of work in history. You had to do a body of work that was original. Photographic. Photographic. And you had to do a thesis, which related your body of work to the history of you and photography and anything else you want. So the
1: thesis was uh, essentially an extended statement about the portfolio and its relationship to other things. Mm -hmm. So it's like a would accompany the pictures, logically. Right. Whereas the history thing is an independent That's independent. It has nothing to do with... And those those you have. Am I correct then?
0: Well, I have some. A lot of them I've thrown out. They're tarot. They're not (laughs) worth keeping. I have a sampling. That was because of the deal. You see, I could not get any money. No money Mm -hmm. for making slides or buying books. So I spent my money. I have spent $25,000, $30,000 dollars Buying books, making the slides, arranging them—I never got, you know, money for a carousel tray. I'm using my own projector. I mean, at one point, I did get—I don't know—I think one point I got a thousand dollars or something to sell them some slides. You know, that was a good deal, but that was all, you know, nonsense.
1: Yeah, real drop in the bucket.
0: Yeah. So you ask why ID, you know, is not... During that period when photography was expanding, they were cutting down on all the money and not giving any publicity. Again, not... uh, I used to go to high schools, you know, or conventions, and I would actively try to recruit, but there wasn't any, this kind of... uh, You know, a publication program that could have taken place, for instance. There's enough, you know, if you published every thesis, it would have been fantastic at the time. Mm -hmm. But the students took and exploited it, not the school. Big difference. Well, now there are these other institutions, and, uh, you know, I have no doubt that the Art Institute, you know, has a certain level of quality and excitement. You know, they invite people like Bob Fichter. No, you know, great thing, uh, but th- I constantly hear from our institute school students that they have no direction, that there is no program. Mm-hmm. Whereas at ID there is a program still. I mean, you do have to take certain kinds of things, namely, you've got to take a course in, you know, your foundation course, no matter what your experience was. That's so people get us certain kind of vocabulary. You have to take an experimental course. You have to take a documentary course. Today everybody takes some color courses. You have to take at least one year of history. Everybody takes two. Even though it's not even listed as two, you see. That's a fake.
1: Do you have a uh, I mean, do you have a second year or do they just take it twice to get everything they can?
0: They you- just take it under a blanket number.
1: I mean, do you know what I'm saying is...
0: In the catalog it's listed and was quite correctly listed from the beginning of time to, uh, I think, 1913 and then onward. Well, today, this, sem- this semester, I would probably get to uh, 1900 maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it's really four-semester sequence.
1: So it actually does take four semesters to go through everything.
0: Right. But they don't, it's not listed that way. It's not, because they wouldn't list it. See, they're not teaching art at that that school. They don't understand it. Mm -hmm. But students understand it. They come back even after they graduate. I have to fight them off. They want to come to the seminars, for instance. Won't let them. I mean, when they graduate, they've had their turn. All the concern now is with the new students. What do you think, uh, we've
1: made a lot of general remarks as we've gone through, um, about as it were, the photo scene today. You know, I mean, sort of where where it seems to all be going or not going, for that matter. And the gal, we've commented on the gallery thing, which is a very recent growth that was never, you know, didn't exist previously at all. Um, do you see any kind of thing really happening outside of uh, what you've already said? That's you know, to photography and in general. I mean splitting up into more and more specialized areas or do you see the photographic process itself as becoming obsolete pretty soon and really the electronic media being the, what's going to happen or, or do you have any special perspective on that?
0: Well, there are a lot of things going on, you know, many of which are contradictory. I see it fantastic, still, explosion of interest in photography and the collecting of it, for instance. Uh, I see accompanying that the exploitation, you know, of innocent people and dumb photographs. I mean, really bad photographs are being peddled at enormous prices by money-hungry, uh, you know, exploiters of uh, in the art field, so-called
1: dealers of dealers. Yeah,
0: right. On the other hand, I see a lot of new material coming up that never did surface. That's pretty good, along with most of the a lot of crap. Uh, for instance a lot of the auctions are very interesting just to see um, you know pictures you haven't seen for years but the exploitation for instance of camera work is really funny
2: mm-hmm.
0: I because mean, it's rotogavir and uh, um, you know the the, the, the um, enormous rise of the price of a set of camera works is really indicative of an index you know to the interest in and the power of organized selling. Um, I see a lot of photography going in the direction of whatever is current in the art scene, certain conceptual kinds of ideas, for instance. Mm-hmm. So it gets increasingly difficult to tell what's photography. You know, got like Bill Wegman, is he a photographer? Well, he takes photographs, but that's not what he's all about. Or is he about that? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't want to give you a lecture on, you know, yeah. the interface between what used to be called painting Uh, You know, or art, the whole breakdown of the definitions is something that's very contemporary, whether it's medium or the ideas. So I think there's a great deal of muddlement going on in the minds of a lot of people doing art and teaching art and doing things that are new and thinking because you do them new that they're good. That's a great confusion. Again, it's the difference between what I call, you know, ambiguity and total. Confusion, chaos. Yeah. chaos. Uh, I see a lot of movement you know towards these areas called therapy, I call them therapy. giving identity, making people feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that wasn't inherent. say in a man like Weston made him feel good and make pictures. but all artists, that's an old problem if they made things that were very good, they felt good usually. Uh, but then, the, you know, there's also in Art, the whole idea of Michelangelo, you know, doing jobs. And now with the academicization of photography, there's a great stigma to doing a job, which goes against my grain. I couldn't care less whether you got paid for the job or didn't. You know, I'm interested in the result. Mm-hmm. Always interested in what did it actually... I'm not interested in the words that go with it. And there are a lot of words going around. And you look at the pictures, you you know, frequently I find it nauseous um, as far as the future and I've given a formal lecture on trying it and I don't want to give one but certainly if I were a young guy I'd be in electronics I would be deeply in television because that's where that's where it's going I mean in the ability to sell both motion picture kind of thing you know motion things and and uh, even the uh, presentation of still photographs in large numbers is going to be electronic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the technologies are almost in place now. We're, yeah, really. Plus the fact, you know, there's a whole shift going on with the microfiche, which I think is very important because wherein photography differs to me in a great measure from manual-made images is in the ability to make enormous numbers of images easily. And I think that affects the thinking. <clears throat> So, I think microfiche will grow at least as a method of teaching, if not, and nobody's used it this way, but they will in the next year, probably, as a method of presenting an art object.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, there are already this thing that Eastman House is distributing a few of them. That's a, it's referred to as a text fiche.
0: Yeah, I know about that. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. But they, nobody, no artist has used that. It's
1: to, oh, I see what you're saying. I see I'm saying, saying.
0: it'll be used as a, an artistic thing in itself. Mm-hmm. Or buy an artist.
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating thing to me. All this sort of the computer interface, and yeah. the, the way the calculators are down now to four dollars and a half, you know, and more computing power than they than the million dollar thing was originally. Um, Not quite. Well, but I mean, no, but for around
0: six hundred dollars now, you're getting you know what might have cost you a couple hundred thousand dollars just a couple of years. Yeah, the yeah. microcomputer is now here for four to six hundred dollars. For these, two thousand dollars, you can get you know readouts and everything.
1: And the, uh, um, uh, well, like, for example, Andy Eskin has been exploring and has discovered recently, saying, and this isn't even that new, but a thing called uh, COM, Computer Output Microfiche, where... Um, Laser beam. Where if we have um, anything, including, for example, a transcript of this interview on computer, and on the form of a computer tape, that, that can be put on one end of this machine, and it has a character generator, and a, you know, micro micro character generator, and it will directly print microfiche, and there's no paper in between. You know, and I mean, books are going to become a spe- very special category of publication. Oh, I know?
0: think so. I think everybody will own a microfiche, a television, you know, a set that reads electronic images, and uh, the original prints will be very special.
1: <clears throat> yeah, as so it becomes obsolete, in a sense, it becomes art. It's really
0: right. Uh, I'm not too sure, though, but the books won't continue to grow. Individually, it becomes easier to make books. I mean, there's a proliferation of privately published books and magazines and small presses. And uh, even there, the new technology, you see new, easier ways of making plates or setting type by means of computers. I mean, down at the Sun-Times, they, they, the guys type, Type in now, they just institute a the system. They type in their copy, make the correction. It right yeah, and then yeah. they send it right to, they to send right to type.
1: Yeah, it's really really pretty amazing. So it's
0: pretty astounding. It's a lot different. Um, well, there are other things. You know, different movements, always re- social movements are reflected in their, uh, you know, in the times and the mechanisms, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're used to record them. And so I anticipate there'll be more and more Black, uh, you know, activities in photography and women activities and mm-hmm. uh, Croatian activities. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it'll split that way. Uh, however, generally, I think there are going, there's always going to be the shakedown. There will be something like the Museum of Modern Art. There will be a place like George Eastman House. And depending on the characters and the personality of the individuals, they will have a great deal of effect on what goes on. I think John Charkowski's, you know, views are very, are important in what sets, or so be Azak, or what's the other fellow? Jenkins. Jenkins, you know, because in a sense he established what is kosher, even though it may be a very idiosyncratic view of what's going on. And for the short-term run, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Long-term run, it always is self-correcting.
2: Yeah.
0: And there's, there's strange things I meant to show you. The... Um, the Metropolitan is going to publish the portfolio of Stephen Shores. Oh, We talked
1: about it yesterday, I think even on tape, the, mm-hmm. the color prints and they Yeah.
0: Well, here the Metropolitan stamping something which applied to other areas of art like printmaking would be totally unacceptable. So, you know, how do you explain that? It's, uh, I think it has something to do with the whole world is essentially, you know, becoming, you hear the term performance art. Well, that's kind of, you can justify it on a performance art basis. Do mm-hmm. you see it, you know, look at it in the last couple of years and it disappears? But that's not photography as we knew it. Hmm.
1: Sure. Well, my thought is uh, that we should stop here and then tomorrow maybe just mop up perhaps some things, and there may be some unresolved during.
0: Let's uh, see, are there any things here, I forgot to... Let me turn this off here.